Next on BYU Sports Nation, chasing a perfect 10 of sorts. What's preventing BYU football from winning 10 games a year? What one national college football analyst says about the gap between BYU and Utah, and you won't like it. Plus, athletic director Tom Homo on why he schedules the way he does, and BYU quarterback Zach Wilson's latest one-liner on the losing streak. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, August 22nd, wherever and however you are connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with beekeeper in training, Jerem Jordan. Two years ago, there was a man. He was a, a, what does Trogdor say? It was a... He was a dragon man. A dragon man. No, this guy wasn't a dragon man. There was a guy by the Smithfield house. We were going to uh, football media availability. And we started talking. He said, hey, I like the show. We're like, oh, thanks, man. And he had this wasp kind of buzzing around his his, uh, forehead. I've told this story on the show, but I'm going to set it up for part two. And five seconds go by, and I'm like, i got to help this guy out. He doesn't realize there's a wasp in his head. So I kind of... Kind of swipe at it, right? But I kind of graze his face. So Jason Shepard says, did you just slap that guy? Did you just hit him? No, I didn't slap the guy, right? So uh, anyway, the, we laugh about it later. We're like, that was crazy. So two days ago in uh, BYU Broadcasting, I'm walking up the stairs and someone says, hey, you attacked me two years ago. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> what did I say on like, social media? On Twitter or something? What are you talking about? I've, I've never, I haven't punched anyone since fifth grade, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Um, verbal punches, yes, but... Anyways, he goes, oh, I had the bee on my forehead. I was like, oh, the, the bee forehead guy. So I saw him again. It was good to see him. Uh, still watching the show, listening. So that was funny. We took a picture. It was great. You hit a guy, and he still listens to him. the show. I grazed his forehead. <laughs> you, grazed, you grazed the guy. You were actually doing him a favor. Listen, I'm going to call uh, you know, Dexter and Dexter and get the legal help I yes, need. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was assaulted on BYU's campus by Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Grazed his forehead. Come on. Anyway, saw B guy again. That was great. Oh, loaded show lineup. If you like opinion, today's show is for you. Oh, this may be the most opinion based. Uh, we we were going to air two taped interviews from practice. We threw one out the window. We're like, nope. We have too much to talk about. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Including today's show lineup, a talent gap between BYU and Utah that we've never seen before. Tom Homo talks about the schedule. Mm-hmm, Jeff Grimes, mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator, goes one on one with Jerem. Will BYU's offense be more explosive on a, or will be they be more explosive? Zach Wilson's latest commentary on the BYU Utah rivalry losing streak, plus a reported injury for BYU basketball and how it might impact things in this season. Yikes. We're about to impact your lives with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football officially turns the page to Utah. After holding the final scrimmage of training camp yesterday, we are one week from kickoff. Kalani Satake, the head coach, says the first official depth chart will be released on Monday. I think we'll have a depth chart on Monday, but there, there's going to be a few oars there, and it all depends on on uh, what we're trying to get done. Right? So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't really choose the ones. I think we have quite a few. We have about eight guys that can play online at different spots, so... Uh, we'll see what, what it comes down with. I think guys, guys know, kind of have an idea of who's going to be the, the starters and, and who's going to get some playing time. 
Here we go. Ones and twos out on Monday. NFL exhibition games continue. Former Cougar Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play the Panthers tonight. Jamal Williams and the Packers play the Raiders. According to a report from Vanquish the Foe, BYU basketball senior forward Zach Selyus broke his foot in the Cougars game against LCC International on Tuesday during their tour of Italy. His injury requires surgery, and we're hearing reports that he's expected to be out for 10 to 12 weeks. Celius averaging 7.1 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 1.3 assists for the Cougars last season. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. BYU women's soccer season is upon us. The defending West Coast Conference champs open the season with the first ever meeting with Alabama. We want Bama. Got them. Listen to it on the BYU Cougars app tonight. Starting with pregame, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Every year, BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo is gracious enough to address a crowd of BYU fans and supporters during the Education Week. It I is, used to go to this back in the day with Val Hale as a teenager. Yeah, yeah okay, I so Jerem has experienced this. Yeah. It is a tradition that continues on. And yesterday, Tom Homo, again, addressing different fan questions, talked about a lot of things, including the BYU football scheduling philosophy. I did not plant this question. I want that to be clear. Someone asked independently of me. And I quote (laughs) from Tom Homo, if I wanted to, I could schedule 10 wins a year. It's easy. We're independent, but you're going to see the teams we beat and you're going to You're not going to like it. Some people say, get us to 10 wins. I could care less about 10 wins unless that's against 10 quality opponents, end quote. Jerem, on that note, what's keeping BYU football from winning 10 games a year on a consistent basis? There are a number of ideas here. It could be schedules too hard. BYU hasn't been good enough. Recruiting's not where it needs to be. Coaching, the wheel of accountability is in full play. So what's keeping BYU football from that 10-win number? First off, was that comment addressed at me? If so, I love it. Let's go. Um, It's a complicated matter. You mentioned there are a lot of things. Injuries, the schedule, talent, the honor code, it all matters. BYU can be good at football. I think BYU's been good at football. We just want them to be 10 wins good occasionally, right? Not, Not every year. That's probably too much. Uh, given how hard the schedules are, right? I personally feel like if the schedule's too tough and BYU doesn't win 10-plus games, it's hard to have a nationally relevant season, the kind of season that we talk about for a long time. We don't talk about the uh, nine-win seasons here. We talk about the 10-plus win seasons as the ones, right? That doesn't mean it would be, um, you know, uh, uh, wouldn't be a good season, but the bottom line is how many wins you have. The 1984 BYU National Championship team proves that idea. BYU beat three teams with a winning record. Out of 13. Okay. Only one team that won seven or more games. That schedule wasn't hard. Pitt was ranked third. They ended up being 3-7-1. and one. They weren't good when they Injury plague, not right? good. But you can beat, you just beat the teams in front of you. Now the BYU is not in a league. They can control their schedule, right? With ESPN. Um, another thing, the honor code can be a strength and a weakness. The strength is BYU attracts certain students to this environment. I wanted to come to BYU uh, because of what BYU is and represents. I loved it, right? The weakness is... In 2019, Jim McMahon couldn't play here because social media would uh, see him drinking on the weekends, right? In the 80s. But it was tolerated because he was winning. The ends absolutely justified the means. You don't want anyone with a DUI, and BYU's dealt with that with Neil Pau. But the ends justified the the means for a guy like Jim McMahon. Everyone makes their own choices. BYU can't even fully... 
uh, have every return missionary obeying the honor code completely. Everyone makes their own choices. It's hard. And then there's the schedule. I'm not calling for BYU to play a patsy, easy schedule. I'm calling for BYU to play just a fewer tough games, try and have as much balance as possible. I realize it's incredibly difficult to do this. And I think Tom Homo does a good job of putting together really good schedules because you have to appease ESPN. You have to appease the uh, season ticket holders to a degree, right? But at the end of the day, I'm more concerned about winning than I am appeasing anybody about anything. So just a little less uh, tough on the schedule, and perhaps we already gets to 10 wins occasionally. Here's the thing just with people in general. You always are looking for something better or more. Like, there is no way to keep everybody happy. Tom Homo Don't is in try. an impossible no. yeah. situation with scheduling because when BYU went independent, the idea of playing Ole Miss and Michigan and Nebraska and Missouri and Michigan State and Washington – and all of these teams with history and power five back package or whatever you want to call it, like lineage, it was exciting. People wanted it. Yeah, BYU's good enough. We saw what they did with Max Hall. It's time to take the next step. Let's show them the big boys we can compete with them. Well, now the schedules have gotten tougher, and it's harder to win 10 games and win as many games as they had. So now the rhetoric is, Oh, man, BYU should probably go back to a situation where they were winning 10 games. But if Tom Homo did that, then all of a sudden, that wouldn't be good enough for some portion of the fan base. Like right, but there'd be fewer people complaining about 10 wins. But it, there took, would, there would be. it took eight years for Tom Homo to get in place what we think is going to be the best home schedule in BYU football history. Fans clamored for this. They wanted it. USC, Washington, Boise State, Utah. The idea is nice. In the, re- Provo. the reality is not. We can't get meaningful games at home. It's happening now. And now it's like, oh, is it too hard? Is it too hard? What? What? Ultimately, what do people want? That's the question. What do people want? Right? I don't care what people want. I want wins. If you want anything but that, I question your priorities. But doesn't the idea of... A high-risk, high-reward with the shot. It's not high-reward. It's never what, been high-reward. But what if it is? Uh, well, I don't deal in what-ifs. It's never what been. What do you mean? We, the, it's the whole, never the been rewarding. The premise of this show is what-ifs. No. In, in reality, we don't deal in what-ifs. Like, yeah, talking about it in the offseason, blah, blah, blah. The point is to win. Um, I feel like the point of BYU football currently is to be on ESPN, appease ESPN, and appease season ticket holders appease the ego that is BYU, we can do it. We can do it. BYU has been one of the best football programs in the last 40 years. They're top, what, six in wins? It's incredible. National championship, Heisman Trophy. But guess what? In the last decade, this has not been the same program. When BYU got eight or nine wins, were we happy? No. We wanted ten wins. People became fatigued with Bronco Mendenhall, ultimately leading to him leaving to Virginia, right? It's just tough. I wish that we could have both. I wish that we could have BYU winning a lot of games and playing tough schedules. But it's just not what the reality is. Well, recruit better. How's BYU supposed to recruit better when the best um, LDS athletes, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, aren't coming to BYU at the same level that they used to? Britton Covey comes to BYU a decade ago. Porter Gustin goes to USC. Tanner McKee goes to Stanford. Um, Some of these guys aren't BYU fits per se. Some are. It's tough. 
It's tough. The one thing I feel like you can control the most in this whole situation is the schedule. I'm not saying play an easy one. I'm just saying play a little, like one or two fewer power fives, and you're going to be happier with the wins. No one complained in 84 about the schedule. Right. No one in 2014 said, you know what? We've only played Texas in the first four. What are we doing? No, no, no. We were happy to beat UConn and Virginia, right? It was like, it just what is what it was. But I'm going to go back to what I said last week, which is if BYU had beaten UMass and beaten Nevada and hadn't lost to Utah State twice at home. I mean, they're losing to these teams at home. Then there is a 10-win season somewhere in there. So the, 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 so, so I don't you're think saying BYU is that far away from 10 wins. I, I agree with you. but they, Even with the hard schedule. But they didn't do it. That's the point. They didn't do is it. Is it that the schedule's do too it. hard or that the football product just wasn't good enough? I think it's both. Yeah. BYU certainly needs to be better. In the eight and nine win seasons, like Taysom Hill's sophomore year, Taysom and uh, Jamal Williams were sophomores, eight and five, tremendous defense. They played like a bunch of seven power fives. That yeah, year. laid an egg against Utah at home. What if, what if two of those games? At the end of the day, I still want a competitive schedule. I just don't want it as hard as it is right now, just a little less. And then I think maybe BYU gets to a 10-win season. Then you're relevant. No one cares if right. you win 10 games. But I think you and everybody else that wants 10 wins a season would feel differently if there had been at least one payoff. Well, yeah. And I'm saying that the payoff been. isn't that far away. Even last year, even last year, 7-6 to six home loss to Northern Illinois. If, no, they, no, if BYU I, wins I'm that with, game, they're at 8. I'm with you, but it hasn't happened. Boise State. It hasn't happened BYU yet. makes a play late. Oh, my goodness, they beat Northern Illinois Boys State. They're at nine okay. wins with a hard but schedule and a freshman quarterback. Even when BYU gets to ten wins, that's one time. Do it more. you got, you got to do it every couple of years to maintain uh, relevance. Yeah, I just don't think it's that far away from happening. So I, I think it's more about just executing with the on-field product. I think BYU's talent is good enough to win ten games even against a, a hard schedule. We thought last year's schedule was impossible. Yeah, I, I don't think BYU has the depth to win ten games against the schedule. I just think it's too hard. Topic two on the Bill Riley Show on ESPN 700 in Salt Lake. Dave Bartu, a.k.a. CFB Matrix on Twitter, said the following. Here's my big thing with BYU right now. Looking at the numbers over the last 20 years, BYU is at their worst four-year stretch this century, talking about recruiting trends. This is the lowest talented team in Dave Bartu's recruiting trend spreadsheet BYU's ever had. The gap right now between BYU and Utah is huge. It's the biggest it's ever been. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get worse. BYU's going to get worse. They're not going in the right direction. Their classes have gone down every single year for three straight years. They're going in such the wrong direction right now. I think BYU's going to get worse before it gets better. End quote. Yeah, okay. That was, that was something. Is BYU-Utah gap the largest it's ever been, Spencer? First of all, who's Dave Bartu? Who, who is this guy? Is a recruiting ranking okay. guy? Well, clear, how about we just focus on this? The recruiting gap is so wide between BYU and Utah. What have the games been the last three years? What have they been the last three years? Last three? Last five or six? Okay. They've all Nine been one, one score. One yeah. score games. Yeah. Explain that. Okay, if the talent gap is so wide, why is Utah not blowing BYU out of the water every time they play? If you want to see a talent gap, look at what BYU did to Utah consistently in the 80s. Okay, there was a significant talent gap. Utah didn't have a strong football program. To their credit, they have entirely changed things. But it's not like BYU is where Utah was in the 80s. Like, oh, they can't even compete. It's going to be a blowout. They're not good. Stop it. Like, it's one guy's opinion, and you're big on that. 
One guy said this. Who else is saying this? Oh, BYU is going in the wrong direction. They're not any good anymore. Stop it. This is a crazy overreaction. And yes, Utah fans are like, why does it bother BYU so much? Because it's false. Like, who? who sa- if the product is so bad, why is BYU still winning some games against Power 5 teams yeah. and competing with Utah every year, and it's close? If the talent gap is so wide, they wouldn't be competitive with these teams. I agree with you in the margin of loss for BYU in the last eight, right? I, I think financially... The gap's never been bigger. I Without think he's, question. He's talking about recruiting rankings. I think the financial gap is bigger. I don't think uh, that's going to be easy to make up, right, unless BYU gets to a Power 5 with that money. Well, let's see. $35 million a year compared to whatever BYU gets. Yeah, I, I do think Utah is getting more talent than BYU each year. I think that they uh, don't have an honor code, and so it's just a, 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 academically it's a little different, right? You're getting a, a certain guy in there that maybe you couldn't get into BYU. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, how, how, what's up, Matt Gay? There's not a lot of former Utes coming down to BYU, but there's former Cougars going up to B, uh, Utah, right? It's just it flows more that direction than down here. There is a gap in talent. There is a gap in finances, right? And there is a gap in the number of wins, right, uh, each season. So big picture, yes. Um, if you look, recruiting for BYU is unique, too, because generally uh, some places do it this way. So I'm Bronson Kafusi, right? I'm at Timfew. My dad's the coach, defensive line coach at BYU. I'm, I'm all in on BYU. I'm going to go BYU. I may not get as many offers. Therefore, I may not be as big of a recruit in the rankings, per se. Not everyone works this way, but sometimes it's that way. And uh, Utah's getting guys from all over the country, right? From Florida, from California. From, BYU is as well, but some of those, like I mentioned, those, uh, those guys that might have come here in years prior uh, are going all over the country. I think technology has afforded a guy like Tua Tagovailoa to go to Alabama, they, they never would have had a Polynesian player from Hawaii. Everybody can 80s, see your 90s. film. Yeah, huddle wherever. Ch- changed the game, right? So, yeah, but the bottom line is, is Utah dominating BYU? In the win column, yes. I think BYU's been pretty unlucky to some degree to not at least pick off one, two, three, or four of those wins at some point. Make a field goal here. Get a two-point conversion here. Don't give up, I don't know, five uh, turnovers in the first quarter in the bowl game. Uh, don't it's yeah, been hold on to a 20-point lead in the third quarter. Oh, yeah, that one, too. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. there's a gap. I just don't think it's as wide as he's saying. No, come on. No, the talent gap, and maybe maybe I need to give him the benefit of the doubt because I feel like the talent gap that is perceived probably manifests itself in terms of depth. Like Utah's threes and fours may be advanced compared to BYU's threes and fours, but one-on-one, like ones-to-ones and twos-to-twos. I think it's it's pretty close. I think one-on-ones, yes, twos. I would argue Utah it, probably a yeah, little okay. better. And we pro- that's at least I feel like better. that was a factor in why Utah came sure. back to win last year's game. Yes. And I think it had to be it, it factored in where be, that came in the schedule, right? Cuz Utah had already clinched the berth into the Pac-12 title game. So emotionally it was it was different. Like if I they came out tight. They were playing if, tight. They if, was weird. If roles are reversed, I I have exactly the same mindset as Utah. You know, what? our goal is to win the Pac-12. We also want to beat our rival, absolutely. But if we don't, we're still going to the Pac-12 title game with a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Like that's bigger than anything to do with BYU, right? And it and it showed itself in the first half. Yeah. So I think if there the talent gap probably shows itself most in terms of the depth, especially when you get to the twos, threes, and fours. But they're playing in the first game. Where you're as healthy as you can be. Everyone's healthy. Yeah. Well, not really. Well, we 
everyone. Zach Moss got a broken hand, and Zach uh, Wilson coming what? off a. No, it, no. He was in a cast, <laughs> and he has a broken hand. <laughs> oh. The, is the talent gap the largest it's ever been? Who knows? I mean, the financial gap. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's Maybe. definitely, yes. Utah's ranked higher in the preseason than they've ever been. They're picked to win a conference. Is this the first time Utah's been picked to win any conference? Like, were they ever picked to win the in, Mountain West? In 38, they were the preseason or the picked to win the Rocky Mountain I, States conference. This is uncharted territory. So, yes, while the hype is higher than it's ever been, it's easy for this guy to go in and say, oh, the talent gap's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, well, it's because you're basing it all on hype, man. Hype. They're not. If they're so much better, then they should blow BYU out every year. It's not happening. It's not happening. Yes, Utah's the better team, but, yeah. It's not a blowout. You answer the question, but not before we remind you that we are that much closer to football. Countdown to the Utes. Seven days away. Seven days away. Syncopation Syncopation in there? Yes. That's crazy. What's keeping BYU football from winning 10 games a year on a consistent basis is our question of the day. Time to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Matthew Stoddard answers on Twitter. He's with you, Jerem. Schedule difficulty. Really, that's about it. You could schedule 10 winnable games and impress nobody. Tom Homo has made a point of playing games against quality opponents. The program has at least stayed level in quality, but the schedule has sharply gone up in difficulty. Um, yeah, I, BYU's won 11 games the last two years. I, don't, I, I think it's been obvious. I don't that think the on-the-field product a, has been as good as it. I don't think so either. BYU's been 5-7 and seven at home. It's, we expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. Yes, play better, play quality opponents, try and win as many games as you can. I, I just think if we had uh, you know, one or two fewer Power Fives on this, we would be really excited about the prospect of 10 wins. Instead, we're going 8 it's just not that exciting comparatively. Yeah, the wins, the, the losses in Independence that frustrate me the most are Northern Illinois, Boise State. So that's a bigger U- issue. Utah State. That's a bigger UMass, issue. Those are not Power 5 teams. Yeah, that's a bigger issue. Coming up, Jim McMahon's legacy questioned. What? And Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator on if indeed the BYU offense will be more explosive in 2019. Jerem's one-on-one with Grimey next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us in one week from today. Can you believe it? Thursday, August 29th for a special two-hour edition of Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV as Dave, Blaine, Spencer, David, and Brian prepare for the season opener between the Cougars and Utes. It's August 29th, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B, loaded show today. We are about 20 minutes in. If you missed the first 20 minutes, opinion-based. Oh, juicy. You need to download the podcast and catch up. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, who just recently went one-on-one with BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes after the final scrimmage of BYU football training camp to discuss the explosiveness of the BYU football offense, if it indeed is going to take the next step forward. And here's a guy who's fresh off of catching a punt over his head, so he's got to be feeling good, right? One-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. All right, Jeff, uh, scrimmage at the stadium, always a special place to be. How'd it go today? Good work for our guys. You know, we made it um, uh, more like a mock game than anything else, and so in those situations, what you're looking for more than anything is an opportunity to practice 
um, substitution, game clock management, how you're going to handle going from one phase of the game to the next, and for the most part, pretty smooth. Was anything validated or discovered today or perhaps confirmed? Um, in terms of personnel? The, the, the offense as a whole. Well, we'll have to watch the film, obviously, before we can make any any of those type of qualitative decisions. But I thought it, it gave us some of the information that we needed about certain players. We're certainly um, still giving some guys opportunities to show whether they're ready to play in a game-like environment or not. And as you get a little bit closer to the game, then some guys get a little bit more nervous and, and show that maybe they're not quite ready for prime time. And other guys are just the opposite. And so I think we gained some valuable information about some players today. And as well, um, a few areas that we need to tighten up um, as a whole. How do you manage that in terms of, I know this guy is a good player, I'm seeing it in practice, but perhaps when it comes out here, it's perhaps a little different. How do you manage that knowing, well, the games are out here? Well, if he can't show it here, then he's certainly not going to be able to show it here when the stadium is full and there's an opponent on the other side of the ball that wants to do him bodily harm. So um, if, they, if they're showing us now that they're not ready, um, then likely they won't be the guys that we're, uh, that we're counting on on game day. Were there individuals this fall camp that surprised you based on their performance? Um, you know, there were a number of guys. I mean, obviously we have a pretty experienced offense, and so I've been, I've been pleased with the progress of, of a number of guys who you would anticipate playing better this year. Um, and then there are several newcomers who, who, are, um, who are doing good things, but I hesitate to name anyone in particular, uh, but the guys who are, getting, who are getting opportunities with the first and second group um, who are either freshmen or transfers, those will be the guys that are doing a good job that, that are new. Kalani Stocky mentioned uh, two days ago that if anything with Zach, he's had to hold him back in terms of how much Zach has wanted to throw and to be involved physically. Uh, is that a good problem and you have to hold him back given coming off shoulder surgery and, hey, the game's in a week, we gotta, we got to wait a minute? Yeah, an old coach told me once you'd rather put a bit in his mouth than a foot in his rear end, and <laughs> Zach, Zach is certainly that way. He, uh, he wants to go and go and go, and uh, there is no such thing as too much for him and his mindset. So it's our job to, to limit him and, and help um, keep him to the, the right amount of reps. But I think we're about where we need to be right now. Given how the Utah game went and how, success, how much success there was in that game for the large portion of it, how much uh, applies to this particular game and how much doesn't given uh, what comes back and what doesn't? Well, I think the thing that applies is that, is that you have uh, the same coaching staffs and the same structure both on our offense and on their defense and um, a lot of the same players and so when you look at some of those matchups from last year's game and how they utilized their players and how we utilized ours I think that certainly makes sense but we're we're a new offense too in that we've got new players and more experienced players and so there will be some some new elements as well so it's a combination of both those things. Jaron Hall had a really nice spring Uh, how has he been this fall camp? He's been great. He's, he's a great player, a phenomenal athlete, and not just an athlete. He's a great quarterback. The wide receivers look to continue to evolve, uh, and you bring a nice trio of seniors plus some young bucks like Gunnar Romney and Keanu Hill and so on. Uh, how have they performed in this fall camp as well? It's been good. It's been really good. They've, they've all continued to improve, and as I said, after the spring, that's a very um, consistent, reliable group, and guys are making more and more plays. So I think it's going to be a group we can, we can depend on. How would you evaluate the offensive line, which returns a lot of guys as well? 
making progress, um, certainly better um, than they've been at any time since I've been here, as they should be because they have more experience. I think they've taken very well to, uh, to Coach Mateos. He's doing a great job teaching them and raising their, their um, level of, of expectation. And um, still, still not quite where we would like for them to be, but we got a week left, so I, I think we'll be ready when, when the game time shows. What's this fall camp been like for you as you've had to evolve not only from last spring to the middle of the season, changing the offensive touch with Zach Wilson and now trying to cater to uh, what you want to do with this group? Yeah, much easier. Not only did we have a more clear picture of who we are, stylistically but also a, a much better picture of of our personnel so a much easier um time for us as coaches and an opportunity to go to that next level of of teaching how would you describe the balance between we want to do this against any defense versus this is what this defense does well perhaps we avoid this or not um, there's always some of both in every game plan. So you have your offense that you're going to run, um, and you have certain plays that you feel like are probably good against most, if not all, defenses. But then there are also a certain number of plays that you might pull out versus a certain coverage or a certain front. And so there's um, there's certainly some of both, but more of the of the previous that you mentioned. There, we, we'd like to be a team that's built around execution believe that execution is a big part of our strategy if we can execute well then that is our strategy Um, and so there will be a lot more similarities than differences from week to week you've been a part of a lot of big games big environments certainly winning a national title with Auburn and an LSU and so on Colorado and and BYU of course and others Uh, Thursday night season opener Utah ESPN can you describe I guess the opportunity that is this this kind of stage it's a great opportunity because you know everybody's going to be watching college football the first Thursday night that you get to play. And often in my past, that's been a time when a lot of the players came over to my house and we watched the game and cooked food and hung out and watched other people play. And so it's a great opportunity for us to play on a national stage when we know everybody will be watching and and uh, we, can see, uh, we can see how much um, our hard work's paid off, I think, and have an opportunity to prove ourselves um, in front of a lot of people. And finally, will the mustache go the distance the whole season like it did last year? I don't see that I have a choice. You have to keep it. Says who? I, um, I'm not sure. It's just one of those things that's kind of taken on a life of its own. And so um, I don't know that I have a choice. My wife has kind of accepted it. She doesn't necessarily <laughs> like it, but I think she's just accepted it now. Hey, if, uh, if and when you win next Thursday, I think you keep it for sure, right? Yeah, no, no <laughs> question. Thanks, Jeff. All right, go Cougs. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator for BYU. The mustache is day. Hey, that's it's a good looking mustache, and he's doing the sideburns kind of. Back. He's got it going, man. Okay, oh, hopefully our offense is as explosive as his hair follicles. That's my hope. Listening to what he said, and I know on paper it looks good. Everybody looks great in fall camp, right? Oh, they look so explosive. The athletes are cut. I declared on day one that BYU is going to win the national faster. Title. Oh, they're better. They're stronger. <laughs> They're all coming out with more intensity, the brotherhood. 10 to 15 pounds of undefiled muscle. Is this going to manifest itself in the form of a more explosive offense for BYU? Is it it going to pay off? Let's hope so, because if the defense uh, takes a a step back just a touch, right, the offense will need to make up that gap a little bit and the overall quality. And probably then some. And perhaps special teams is better as well. Well, you You need all three facets to win and be good. Some days the offense will be off. Some days the defense will be off, special teams and so on. It takes a team to win. But I'm excited at the prospect of the offense being better because guess what? What, is, what, is, what are the first three letters right here? 
BYU. Yes. That is synonymous with offense. Exciting with offense. Passing. Exciting right? offense. So let's see it. Let's see our identity manifest again in 2019. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jerem, but if BYU has a more explosive offense, they beat Northern Illinois at home. They find a way it didn't to, even need to beat be explosive. Boise State on the blue turf eight for the points, first time. Eight points isn't explosive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Coming up, Jim McMahon's legacy question. What? what? Why are we even discussing this? Tom Homo addresses it. Plus, the streak is not us, according to Zach Wilson. What is that all about? This BYU Sports Nation. Join us Tuesday, August 27th for the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. That's 30 minutes later than it used to be. On the BYU TV app, as Coach Satake and Austin Lee preview the matchup with Utah, we'll rebroadcast the show the next morning at uh, 1 Eastern time. All right. I just can't believe we're a week away from football. I keep focusing on that. I can. Uh, I'm producing shows. And I'm we're one week away. Freaking it. Yeah. <laughs> this happens every year. No, this is exciting. the annual stress fest. Uh, yeah. It's been way more stressful this year. We've changed a bunch of things <laughs> for the better. Uh, some, some, Well, we hope it's all for the better, I guess. High stress? Here we go with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held the final scrimmage of training camp yesterday. Camp Kalani now turns the page to Utah. One week from kickoff, Zach Wilson says he's feeling pretty good. Listen to this. Yeah, 100% ready to go. Yeah, ready to go right now. I I think the team's ready to go in general, I think. You know, pieces are coming together. Obviously, we got game week coming up, and that's where we start to really dial in on on preparation, all that kind of stuff. So we're we're ready to go. Aaron Roderick, the passing game coordinator for BYU, said Zach Wilson's arm is 100% yesterday. There you go. And uh, Zach Moss's hand is 100%. Yeah. What? (laughs) I believe the Zach Wilson commentary more than the Zach Moss. Well, there's no cast on Zach Wilson's shoulders. Exactly. He's not in a sling. NFL exhibition games continue. Former Cougar Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play the Panthers tonight. And Jamal Williams will dance his way with the Packers into the matchup with the Oakland Raiders. Perhaps Jamal uh, Williams will be featured on Hard Knocks. We'll see. Some rough news for BYU basketball. According to a report from Vanquish the Foe, BYU basketball senior Zach Selyus Broke his foot in the Cougars game against LCC International on Tuesday in Italy. Is every Zach injured in some way? Oh, Zach Moss, Zach Wilson, Zach Selyus. Selyus's injury requires surgery. Again, this is a recording to a report from Vanquish the Foe. Expected to be out for 10 to 12 weeks, which will impact the start of the season. So no Yoli Childs for the first nine games and no Zach Selyus as well. The depth is a serious concern for BYU basketball. Selyus averaged... Just over seven points, three and a half rebounds, and 1.3 assists for the Cougars last season. Yeah, 12 weeks would mean he doesn't miss a ton at the beginning of the season, which is goodness. Women's soccer season is upon us tonight. BYU at Alabama, the lid lifter for the season for the WCC champs at uh, Alabama. By the way, Utah plays Alabama, Clemson and Alabama in football. That would be incredible. Uh, listen on the BYU Cougars app starting with pregame 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific. The Cougars host the Utes September 6th. And you're calling that game, Jerem. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm studying it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you got time before that one. Yeah. The first thing's first, right? Let's take care of... Uh, I've got to be ready for the, all yeah. of it. No. I, I can't just show up in two weeks. No. Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. 
No deal. Brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jerem, yesterday, again during Tom Holmo's address to the Education Week crowd and BYU fans, handled a number of brain busters, including one about Jim McMahon's legacy and the fact that Jim McMahon's foibles are continued to be tolerated at BYU. So big deal, no deal, Jim McMahon's legacy questioned by a BYU fan at Tom Homo's Education Week address. No deal. It's one guy. It's not a big group of people doing this, right? I, I always beware of the one guy saying the one thing. There are exceptions to that rule. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, one guy saying one thing is like, okay, that's your opinion. All right, interesting. Um, this from Jeff Call, who was there. I know there were several reporters there. He said, Quote from Tom Homo. I love Jim McMahon with all my heart. He's the best teammate I ever had, ever. Did you hear that? The best teammate I ever had. He single-handedly put BYU football on the map. Wow. I love Jim McMahon. He had his issues off the field. He had his issues when he left BYU. He had his issue mooning the commissioner when he was with the Bears, you know. But guess what? Jim McMahon is a Coug. He will always be a Coug. He's one of us. He's the greatest quarterback in BYU history. Ty Detmer's right there with him. He had the greatest passing season in college football history in 1980. He's amazing. I love Jim McMahon, and what he did for this school means a lot. I know that he has his issues, but guess what? We all do. Be- yes, and we all do, right? Exactly. I, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Tom Homo on this. There's a reason we celebrate Jim McMahon, because he's one of us, and he has his foibles. But guess what? He was awesome, and it's okay. It is okay. His foibles or issues just happened to be more public because he was largely in the public eye. First-round draft pick, fifth overall, Chicago Bears, Super Bowl champion, wearing the Pete Rozelle headband. Like, he wasn't afraid to speak his mind and take a stand on things, and that put him out there, and that put him out there for criticisms, for good or bad. So, it's again, it, it's one person's opinion. I love Tom Homo's response, and he got really emotional about it. Like, and Tom's an emotional guy, and he kind of teared up, and it was almost like he was angry, you know, where he's like, he's, did you hear that? He's the best teammate I ever had. I love that he said that so much. So, yeah, Jim McMahon is one of a kind, for better or I, for worse. But to see him, you should have seen the look, the proud papa moment that Tom Homo had when Jim McMahon had his jersey retired, and oh, he yeah, went through great. all that process and graduated from BYU like it. It was a huge deal to have him I, graduate. I think we need to be really careful here. This is a place uh, where we try and be unique. We try and be different from the world, right? We need to be careful not to be holier than thou. And yes. I feel like in this moment, perhaps it was, why do we put him on a pedestal when he was obviously flawed and not totally part of the culture here? Are we not supposed to be the most forgiving, understanding people on the planet? Aren't we supposed to be better in terms of how we treat people? Not better than you, but I'm going to be the best I can be to help everyone around me. I, I, perhaps this individual didn't have this in mind, but I do think, generally speaking, we need to be more understanding. Not everyone needs to be, quote, temple-worthy that does everything here. Let's be the best we can be. Let's have our issues. Let's grow. And then let's let, let sports be a distraction and a microcosm of life, but it's not our actual life, right? Be understanding. Yeah, and typically we don't take the tone of this show to religion and to religious things. I want to with this thing, yeah. But this is a case where I feel strongly. Well, the religion's tied so tightly with everything that happens here. Like, BYU prides itself, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints pride themselves on being disciples of Jesus Christ. and Just be more understanding. It's all good. 
Did he not spend time with those that were failing and had foibles and issues and work to help those people? We're not better than everybody else. We just deal with things differently. Yeah, there's no deal of the commentary there, but it is a big deal that Tom Homer took the stand that he did. I really like that. Amen. Big (laughs) deal. Amen. <laughs> big deal, no deal. Zach Celius reportedly broke his foot and is out 10 to 12 weeks, according to Vanquish the Fall. Well, this is a big deal because of the Yoli Childs news. This is just another shot at the depth of BYU basketball. Uh, I like the idea of Zach being able to play with his team and practice with his team under Mark Pope and getting used to the new scheme and his new role. And he's pro- I looked at him as a guy that was going to shore up things for BYU with Yoli Childs Off out. The bench, yeah. It's like, oh, he's another three-point shooter. He can play the four. He, he has experience playing the three and the four, and he can extend a defense because he can make three-pointers. Now that he's out not practicing, he's going to have to get back in this, the whole wind of things, and he's, he's going to have to kind of acclimate again. Like There's going to be an acclimation period for Zach Selyus when he comes back from his broken foot. So uh, it might be like when Yoli Childs comes back, Nine games in, that's when Zach's finally fully healthy and fully well, ready to go. I, I think Zach will be – my estimation of 12 weeks would be he'd miss four to six games is what potentially it could be. Right? Does that mean he's game but, ready, though? But then, yeah, there's a couple games. I think this is a big deal because he was in your top seven or eight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the rotation. That hurts. Coming up, another national reporter puts a low expectation on the Cougar football season. Is that number crazy? And Zach Wilson's latest one-liner on the rivalry showdown – between BYU and Utah, and how the streak doesn't really apply so much to him and this year's team. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, season debut of Coordinator's Corner is on BYU TV. Find out what Ed Lamb, Elisa Tuyaki, and Jeff Grimes have to say about fall camp and what to expect against Utah. Coordinator's Corner airs Monday, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, during media availability following the final scrimmage of BYU football training camp, somebody asked Zach Wilson, quote, Are you sick of hearing about the streak in reference to the losing streak and eight consecutive losses to Utah? Zach answered with the following. I mean, the streak's not us. I mean, I'm not too worried about it because, you know, I I wasn't here when we lost, you know, however many games it was. But, um, you know, it's a new team, new time, new players, new coaches, all that same stuff. And so, you know, we don't really worry about the streak. Okay, Jerem, you heard what Zach Wilson said. What do you think of his idea that the streak really isn't us yes, and not about this team? It's true. Literally two years ago, Zach Wilson was in the stands. <laughs> you know, three years ago, 2016, he was on the second row watching Taysom Hill not get the two-point conversion and cheering because he was a Utah fan. He was a Utah fan for seven of those eight. So he's absolutely right. But on the collective fan base, on the program, there is an eight-game losing streak, and he's the guy that we hope ends it next week, one week from today. Are you kidding me? One week from today? I'm well, he, he could uh, put a serious notch in his legacy belt if he's the guy that ends the streak. It'd be a second power, it'd be his first Power 5 win. Yeah. But it's just his second Power 5 game. Holy cow. We hope. I mean, in Zach Wilson, <laughs> BYU fans trust, right? Absolutely. In that surgically repaired right shoulder. Yeah. Our friend Brett McMurphy, who uh, is an oft visitor to this program, especially when we're talking about expansion. 
No expansion. I would say here. friend of the program. I don't really know him that well. But he is also, talking he cursed about the last time he was on here. He is talking about <laughs> BYU led by Zach Wilson and what he thinks BYU will do in the win loss column. He has the Cougars. No, this isn't him. He's just reporting it. Sorry, reporting it. Okay, from Bet Online. Mm-hmm. From Bet Online. Yes. This comes from Brett McMurphy. This is, yeah. Independent regular season win totals. Army ten. They play thirteen games. Notre Dame nine, BYU six and a half. Jerem, what do you think of the six and a half number that was tweeted out by Brett McMurphy? Too low. I think BYU will get seven wins. I think they'll. In fact, I think they'll get eight in the regular season. I'm. I feel good about this BYU team. It's it's seven's the low end, eight's the goal. Hopefully, BYU gets as many as nine. The stretch goal is nine, maybe ten. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I like seven. The minimum is seven. Seven would be disappointing, frankly. Six. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, just get to a bowl game. That should be enough. No. I, I, I take think the next step. I think BYU should take two wins, a win forward overall. And then next, the next two years with Zach Wilson as an upperclassman, we go, okay, let's get a 10-win season out of this. Let's get a season that we talk about, right? It's, there's always going to be wins that we talk about. Those are singular moments. That's cool. A BYU men's basketball team that didn't make the NCAA tournament beat Gonzaga. That's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I want a season where we go, that was a really good team. The nation validated with the ranking. Now we have more momentum. Guess what? If BYU wins 10 wins, the offseason is even better. We're excited. We think we can do it again, right? Everyone's talking about BYU. Zach Wilson's highlighted. Matt Bushman's highlighted. It would be awesome. But you got to get to that point. you got to, like you said, finish those games. The over-under from Bet Online: six and a half wins. We think it's too low. I want to see BYU make progress. Success to me is progress, and that would be at least seven regular season wins. That would be one more than last year. And then go and win a bowl game That's and finish the minimum step forward. Right. Minimum Saying, step forward. But at least, one game at better. least do that. At least do that. And if you beat Utah, that's one of them. That's a, that's a major it, step forward in that regard. Utah kind of feels like two wins, right? Like that game, be like, oh, it's almost like worth two wins. We're so desperate. I know. That game is like two wins. No, I know. <laughs> like if BYU went eight and five, but one of the wins were against Utah, every BYU I, fan would be like, yeah. I would say, what happened? Season. What happened the rest of the season? Good season. <laughs> BYU went seven and four in the next yes, 11 you, after beating a top 15 You team. and I look at it differently. Yeah. We look at it differently, but I know. most BYU fans would be like, oh, yeah, eight and five, beat Utah. Well, awesome. Desperation creates a sen- an added sense Success. of Success is beating your rivals, too. Success is winning, yes. Winning record against the rivals, baby. Coming up, Athlon Sports names which BYU game a top five kickoff game of all time. Whoa. Taysom Hill is back at it again. When will Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater learn that you can't challenge Taysom in anything <laughs> that involves an athletic contest? Drew's in trouble. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes. Show is on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Held a scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium yesterday. Patty Edwards addressed the team and talked about Lavelle, which is really cool. Today, the Cougars officially have ended fall camp, are knee-deep already in preparation for Utah one week from today. The BYU-Oklahoma kickoff game, rewinding to September 4th, 2009, comes in at number five in Athlon Sports' ranking of the top five college football kickoff games all time. Whoa. Oklahoma's failed 54-yard field goal attempt in the fourth quarter, solidifying the Cougars' 14-13 win at Jerry's World in Dallas. Incredible upset for BYU. 
Cougars in the NFL. Exhibition games continue. Former Cougar Kyle Van Noy and the Super Bowl winning champion Patriots play the Panthers tonight. Jamal Williams and the Packers play the Raiders tonight as well. Basketball. Zach Selyus of BYU Basketball broke his foot on Tuesday in the Cougars' second game during their tour of Italy. This according to a report from Vanquish the Foe. Senior expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks via that report. Senior averaging seven points a game last season. Soccer. The season begins tonight. BYU at Alabama, the WCC champs, hoping to get a win on the road to start things off. Listen to it on the BYU Cougars app, starting with pregame at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Junior forward Cameron Tucker named Offensive Player of the Year, and senior defender Alyssa Jefferson has been named Defender of the Year by the Women's Premier Soccer League. Tucker scored 19 goals. Jefferson helped the Cougars to six shutouts in her junior 2018 season. Volleyball. Incoming freshman middle blocker Gavin Julian had seven points in a four-set win for the USA Youth National Team against the Dominican Republic at the FIVB U19 World Championships. United States, as we speak, still playing South Korea. Today's rise and shout-outs now. And again, it goes to Taysom Hill, who is literally crushing it at Saints camp. The New Orleans Saints, led by Drew Brees, do these sponsored quarterback challenges every practice that they have, and they put them out on social media. Well, whoever had the idea to give Taysom Hill a bat in BYU blue colors, they all got bats with their Mm -hmm. alma maters. Whoever thought that somebody could beat Taysom Hill in a strength competition of how far you can hit a ball failed miserably because, of course, Thor is going to win every time. So my shout-out goes to Taysom Hill. He wins another quarterback challenge. Mine goes to the random, probably old guy who asked Tom Homel about scheduling yesterday because that created content for the show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that. Yeah. And the guy that asked question Jim McMahon. That gave us some good content, too. Our question of the day, what's keeping BYU football from winning 10 games a year on a consistent basis? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Asher Wiedrich. They schedule the Mormon way. BYU makes things harder than they need to be. Why is BYU walking across the Midwest in the winter with hand cards? Levi Savage was right. Jeremy Jordan is the BYU football schedule equivalent of Levi Savage. I don't even know what to, how to feel about that. Sorry to know. Yeah. We're Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jason Buck. Go Cougs.